What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio and their Nothing But Net channel. That's every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel. That's where you can find pre and post game shows off every Dolphin game, every Canes game. But more importantly, every Heat game will be there for before floor at 6.30 prior to the Heat playing against Orlando on Monday night. Also, FiveReasonsSports.com. That's where you get no paywall content on all South Florida teams. We don't treat you like the newspapers do. We allow you to actually see the stuff. So go to FiveReasonsSports.com, get the latest takeaways from Brady Hawk and more. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. We keep telling you where you got to get your CBD. It's Therapist Preferred. Go to therapistpreferred.com. Use the code 5RSN. That's a new code at Therapist Preferred, 5RSN. You get 25% off your order. It'll be delivered right to your door. You get free shipping too. Um, and look, this is the best stuff. It uh, just came out two years ago, 2019, founded by a physical therapist. They make sure that you get the recovery that you need. For me, it helps me with sleep. You can get the gummies. You can get the tincture. They've got different flavors of the gummies. They've also got the sports cream for recovery. So go to therapistpreferred.com. That's therapistpreferred.com. Use the code 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN. Get your 25% off. Get your free shipping. And now get your latest episode of Five on the Floor. Down to Biscay. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's tonight's floor plan. First thing you're going to do is listen to our episode from last night. If you missed it, we went late on Saturday after the Heat loss to the Pacers, so make sure to check that out. Tonight, I've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. I've got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. Brady Hawk and I will be at Magic and Heat on Monday night. See if the Heat can get to two and one. And these are the kinds of games that they need to get because uh, we know the schedule is going to stiffen considerably after this. And Indiana was one of those that we kind of had marked off as a win. But tonight we're going to talk about Tyler Hero. And there's so many different ways we can go with this than kind of the pre-show meeting, which we don't usually have, but we wanted to make sure that uh, we were doing the historical research on this stuff. And there are about six different episodes we can do on Tyler, but, but here's the liftoff point. As we came into tonight, looking at the NBA stat site, Tyler hero right now is ninth in the league in scoring. Now what, what happened on Sunday night after this episode 
uh, is posted, we can't account for. But right, right now, going into Sunday, here are the guys that are above him, okay? This is the list. Paul George, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Ja Morant, CJ McCollum, Harrison Barnes, LeBron James, and Nikola Jokic. I am counting one, two, three, four MVPs, Durant, Curry, LeBron, and Jokic, a guy in Paul George who's probably headed to the Hall of Fame, John Morant, who may have that trajectory as well, CJ McCollum is probably the most underrated player in the league the past six years, and Harrison Barnes has turned himself into a pretty good player on a team that doesn't have a whole lot else in Sacramento, so he's going to score. Those are the players that are ahead of Tyler Hero through two games of the season. And by the way, their ages, 31, 33, 33, 22, that's Morant, 30 for McCollum, 29, 36, 26, and then Tyler Hero at 21. He's shooting 48% from the field, 35% from three. He's also averaging eight rebounds, and I know people are making a big deal and no assists in game two, but he did have five in game one, so he's averaged two and a half assists. This is the kind of company. Now, this is small sample size theater to the extreme, but look at the other names. <laughs> look at the other names. I mean, Harrison Barnes is the only one you might not expect to see up there, right? That's what Tyler Hero has done through the first two games of the season. And look, I made the comment that I thought he could lead the Heat in scoring this year. More people are sort of jumping on that bandwagon. What we're going to talk about tonight is, A, has that ever happened? <laughs> and B, is that a good thing for a team that's trying to contend for a title? Because that's kind of the one part of this, now that this may actually be the possibility of a reality that we really haven't discussed. So, Alex, Greg, we, I'll let either of you guys jump in. We were looking through previous six men, guys like Jamal Crawford, guys like Lou Williams, et cetera, to try to find somebody who might have led his – look, Vinny Johnson had great years for great Detroit teams. He never led them in scoring, okay? Kevin McHale came off the bench for Boston for a period of time. He didn't lead them in scoring. Bird did. Um, can you find any – is there anyone, Alex, who, who would have done this oh. over the course of a regular season? So from the quick, you know, pre-show meeting that you alluded to and quick looking up that all three of us were doing uh, or trying to do, I should say, uh, Jamal Crawford, I think, is the closest one. I think he averaged about 18.6 points a game in uh, the 13-14 season for the Clippers. And Blake Griffin averaged more than him that season, just like he did throughout all those seasons, because that's what it was. Uh, but he, it, was, it was pretty close. I, uh, he had another season on the Warriors that you confirmed uh, 08 09 that Steven Jackson averaged one more point than him, or he was at, at 19 point something. And so that's basically the closest I could find. I think Lou will was at uh, around 18 points a game in one of those Atlanta years. And I'm pretty sure Joe Johnson always averaged more than him. And, and by pretty sure, I mean, 99% sure. So I just think what's happening right now, if, if that were to, were to hold, like would be pretty incredible. I don't know if it will hold because what Tyler's doing right now and the volume he, he took uh, in this last game probably jacked it up a little bit more than it will be. But it's definitely something that they were going to have to uh, monitoring all season because it's from what I can tell, it's never been done before. Yeah, it's never been done before, particularly on a good team. Like when we were looking through and, and kind of uh, looking back through all these seasons of, of players where you had top scores that were bench options. We looked at six men in the year. These were some of the criteria that helped signpost for us, right? Like 
that that Warriors team you mentioned that Jamal Crawford was on, they won 29 games. Like that's usually the type of team where if you have a bench player that is getting up enough volume to lead the team in scoring, you're going to not be a great team. Ethan, like that's, I guess, where where, where we we start to like that. that's the contention point, right? It's like, is that is it is it viable to consider yourself a championship contender if never ever ever is there precedent for a player like that being your leading scorer and what you know what what's the next steps you know surrounding that? Well, you're right. I mean, and I'm big on historical precedent. I, I'm you know that's one of the great things about covering this league is that there is a precedent for pretty much everything, and even within a franchise, we do it all the time here on Five on the Floor. We compare this team to previous Heat teams. We compare players they brought into previous situations. T- things tend to repeat themselves, and the, even though trends change, uh, certain things tend to repeat themselves. And and when you can't find a precedent for anything, it does make you think, okay, what what's going on here? Um, but at the same time. The reason I made my prediction was because this team is so weird um, in the sense that there are very few teams around the NBA and in recent years where their two best players are really reluctant scorers and, and in some ways limited scorers. Now, I don't think Bam's going to be a limited scorer, you know, uh, you know, for the course of his career, but there are certain parts of his game that he hasn't really unlocked to this point. And Jimmy, and, and I think we just have to say it, it has always over the course of his NBA career been sort of a scorer by default um, and sort of by last resort. I mean, it's not something, it's not something he puts a premium on as much as others. He's done this thing in Miami where he kind of works his way into the game and scores late a lot of times on free throws. And look, I, I know we did an episode about the mid range and that it was actually a lot better last year than maybe the eye test told us, but he's not a knockdown shooter. We know that. And so He's not a natural scorer. Like he's just not okay. Now he does a million things well and scoring is one of the things he can do, but you're not going into a game expecting Jimmy to do consistently what he did in those two games against the Lakers, which was to me, you know, more desperation and pure just grit than it was, you know, anything else. So, I mean, even Jimmy has said it, his best skill is his determination. So I guess, and I'll, I'll throw this up to either of you. I mean, that's kind of why I thought that this was possible this year, because I don't think that they have uh, a real push to start Tyler. I don't think that's the direction that they want to go. They made it clear to me in the off season when I had conversations inside the organization, they want to give him this role and just let him sink his teeth into it. I'm not saying that's forever, especially because we all think that maybe Duncan Robinson is the piece that gets moved in the future because his contract is a little bit bigger uh, and he can, and it can be included in a trade easier, but I'll throw this out to either of you guys. I mean, does it, I guess, would it concern you? Like, or or does it matter how good Tyler is? Like if he's just that good, like does historical precedent matter? Hell no. And I I think that there, there needs to definitely be an acknowledgement one that you've already done. And that's, that this is a very intensive small sample size theater uh but but secondly uh precedent or not like tyler hero playing better and doing anything that resembles being a top scorer on this team with this group this cast of characters with the with the aspirations that the organization has like there's nothing bad about that so we're never going to paint that in a negative light it just presents different implications and opportunities and things to think through right so it's like i i think it's important that no matter what we don't come at it negatively um so so the precedent stuff to me like doesn't matter that much 
but it's going to be predicated on the team success. Like if this team is stumbling around and they're 500 and they're looking like they're aiming towards a play-in, but Tyler's consistently scoring great off the bench, like that's not going to necessarily marry itself so well. If Tyler is averaging 25 a game, 24 a game, and he's playing off the bench, one, I don't think you're going to want to trade him. Do you upset that? Um, but then at some point you have to ask yourself, like, do you start the kid? Like he's playing that well. So that's just, I think it's interesting that those things are all out there, but to your point baseline, if it's going well, if it is not broke, don't try to fix it. Keep him off the bench for now. Uh, does it concern you, Alex? I mean, before, because we're going to touch on the bench conversation, but uh, I mean, if, if we were to end up the year and Tyler hero is the guy they're counting on to be their scorer. So he averages 22.3 this season. Does, I mean, does it matter what the efficiency is? Does it matter? Does the bam Jimmy conversation matter? Like what matters to you? That does not concern me. I think to me, and, and I said something similar in the last show, I just to expound on it. I think it's a luxury more than anything, because I don't think they're going to rely on him as somebody to create for them over and over and over. I just don't see that becoming the, the, the weapon for them. Like I think it happened last night towards the end when they were just kind of in desperation mode, you know, like you were talking about, but, I don't think it's going to be an issue. Like if Tyler is the leading scorer and even if it comes down to, like you said, around 22, 23, and that's, that's exactly what I was thinking, right? Like that would probably be, I think around where it would be. That's not necessarily going to be that much more than other guys. I just think that's an incredible thing to happen because that means most likely that your offense is going great, that your bench lineups or at least lineups where you're, you know, other than the starters that you, that you feel good about that you have a lot of lineups that you can, feel good about you can feel good about Tyler as a closer it's to me it's only luxuries right so although there comes with other implications about whether or not you start him how much he's gonna we haven't even gone into like the costing for whenever they re-up on him but all those implications otherwise it's a great thing and I I just think it's another weapon for them to have if Tyler is really at this level and he sustains it at at a pretty good efficiency it's an incredible thing because I just think Tyler goes from being like this you know a quality bench player quality six man that I think a lot of people were expecting to, you know, this guy who is clearly playing at starter level, but he's, he's already playing at way more than that in the, from what we've seen in preseason and these first couple of games, like he's clearly above that level. He, he's overqualified to be a starter. I just think, you know, that role is, is it's fitting him really nicely right now. I, I don't really think it could be anything other than positive. Yeah. And, and okay. So let's flip it now. Cause, and cause I, w- I was thinking, okay, could there be a negative in here, but l- let's look at it from a positive standpoint and teams that have actually won big um, in recent years, how many of those champions have had real quality six men? Like, like let's think, let's think of some of the team. I mean, I guess, I mean, the San Antonio dynasty was in a lot of ways and that was a dynasty. You win five championships, even if you don't do it back to back years, that's, that's a dynasty. Yeah, right. Patty Mills and BL, I guess. Well, oh, man, they, man, they had Matt Ginobili. Oh my <laughs> God. Yo, my bad. Uh, okay. Okay. So, I, you know, <laughs> I think that benches were stacked, right? When you look at a role, I mean, there were, there were many games during that period. And look, there were times that, that, in the same way that he, with the, as with Hero, that Pop would insert Manu into the starting lineup. He did it against the Heat in the finals. Um, but there were teams where Manu led them in scoring for stretches of the playoffs. I, I don't know that it ever happened for the entire regular season or an entire postseason, but Manu's numbers were up there. Jamal Crawford, you mentioned, was on some very good teams. Lou Williams has been on good teams. I, now, not championship-type teams, but again, I'm trying to think, like, if you go to 
those Golden State teams, Iguodala was their sixth man a lot of times, not really a scorer, you know, at, at that stage. Oh, man. Ethan, I think we just we just hit the breakthrough. Manu led by point two that season where he averaged 19.5, which was there you go. 07, 08. Are you serious? So yeah. that's it. That's the one. But did that's they win? The no, no, but hold on a second. 07, 08 was, was the that year a- after they won the title. I'm looking at it right now, 56 and 26. They did not win a title. No, no the Celtics no. won that year over the Lakers. No, I'm saying that was the year after they won the title. They okay. finished 56 and 26, right. second in the division. That's and- still a good team. Yay, we yeah, found man. precedent. Conference Live finals. On air. Conference finals. Was that the one where they lost to Derek Fisher? It might have been because the Lakers made the finals. Or maybe that was a couple of years ago. They lost earlier. in five. Okay. Okay. So that because, but, but they, they, they went relatively deep because they always went relatively deep. Um, you're right. That might be the one. I, I think that if you. I don't know that, why I didn't think to go through Manu. Like, I don't know what happened. And that was but, for the full regular season. Look at look at us fact checking Alex. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, he Tim Duncan was at nineteen point three. He was at nineteen point five. And wow. Tony Parker was right there with him at eighteen point eight. So, but you see, me, I that think that's team, the comparison right there. That team is the you're right. That team is the comparison, in the sense of their best players were not as concerned about scoring. Uh, Tim right. obviously scored because he was just better than everybody else. But he did a million other things. I, I think if and he, it was understood that Manu wasn't their best player, even right? He scored like it was. It was obvious, even though everybody loves Manu. You know, I, I, I think it's kind of a similar thing where like I don't think Tyler is going going to be at Jimmy or Bam, like at their level or even Kyle. I just think like him being the best version of himself this season would just be an incredibly great thing to happen for him right away. Well, I, I think the other thing is if you were to say to uh, Heat personnel or anybody around the Heat or anybody who follows the Heat, uh, Bam's going to continue to do a million things like Tim Duncan did on the court. Uh, That's right. This other, guy is gonna, this, other, this other guy is going to sop up some of the scoring load uh, and, and, and not force him to do it. I think pretty much everybody would accept that. Uh, and then obviously... This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. They had a great player in Tony Parker. Miami has Jimmy Butler, very different players, but uh, and then you have a Kyle Lowry here as well. But but there have it's funny, it's funny the Spurs come up here because um 
that a later version of that team is what we've kind of we're kind of talking about with ball movement the 2014 spurs the spurs team that that rolled the heat in the finals there are some similarities of this team to that team as well again we don't want to put this team on a championship pedestal particularly if they just lost indiana on the road but but i just i i do think that there is some precedent there and manu perhaps becomes the best precedent for Tyler, we've talked about Tyler in so many terms about who he compares to. And McCollum, who's on this list, is one of the guys we've talked about. Uh, others, you know, used to say a J.J. Redick. He's nothing like a J.J. Redick. I mean, other than skin tone, that's it. Uh, but there, there's there's other guys out there uh, that he may compare to. But actually, Manu is an interesting comparison in the sense that Manu was uh, just ignitable, so to speak. Like, you, you, could, you could ride Manu Ginobili for a fourth quarter like you absolutely could and we saw the heat doing that until the moment of truth where they tried to go back to jimmy again and that is where we're going to go here i think in the second part of this which is if tyler continues this trajectory at what point do we start to have a discussion that maybe others do need to defer even at cliffhanger cliffhanger before we get to that i want to tell you about another great sponsor the five reasons sports network I'm doing this one today so that we don't confuse anybody with codes, okay? It's the same code as therapist preferred now, 5RSN. This is if you want 20% off at manscaped.com. So that's if you want the shavers, if you want all the other stuff they've got, the deodorants, the colognes, it's all there in the boxes, nice presentation. They give you the chargers and the whole thing. If you go to manscaped.com, you can get all of it. So just check out the website. You want to, you know, look, you want to be groomed and all the rest of this. This isn't 1978. Okay. Uh, so manscaped.com use the code five RSN. That's the code five RSN. Again, you get 20% off your order. That's 20, 20% off your order for anything there. And I am obligated to say this. So I will, your balls and your body will thank you. All right, let's get back to it. And let's get back to what happened the other night at the end of the game. Um, Tim Reynolds had, had a really interesting tweet. And, and I think this is a tweet that we've all kind of uh, had in there somewhere um, over the past couple of years, or at least I have, because it, it, it the eye test is telling you this, but you kind of just don't want, none of us sort of want to acknowledge it because of how great Jimmy has been since he's been here. But Jimmy has not been great down the stretch of games, particularly those last possessions um, in terms of efficiency. And it, it's, it's reminded me a lot of, uh, the, the end of the Dwayne Wade era, which was that Dwayne kind of got the ball. And I, I remember, and I, I, you know, I pulled Spolster aside, I think it was the, before the 2016 playoffs. And there was some, some sort of frustration with, uh, with Dwayne about some shots he'd taken during the regular season. I actually think I talked to him after a Charlotte game in the regular season, I believe uh, that they lost. And I remember Eric saying to me, I'll go to my grave with Dwayne Wade taking the I last shot that. of the game. Right. Yeah. And so, and then Eric started repeating that pretty much everywhere. And we know what happened in the postseason that year, which is that Dwayne made those shots against Charlotte uh, and purple shirt guy and everything else that happened there. But really, if you looked at Dwayne at the end of his career, he was not efficient in the last, he was a lot of step back jumpers, broken possessions, turnovers. And to be honest with you, and I know that, you know, I understand that nobody's really able to look at kind of Kobe's career objectively anymore. uh, But Kobe was an extremely inefficient player in the last minute of games. His clutch numbers over the course of his career were much inferior to LeBron's, by the way, which is not the perception, okay, but it's just the reality. And Jimmy's numbers in these situations have not been great. And so this comes up again last night 
because basically you can even talk about Tyler taking, th- tw- you know, 30 shots or, or 28 shots to get 30 points. Um, but, you know, he, he was the best player on the floor. I, I don't think there was any question, particularly in the second half. He carried them back into it. And I'm going to find this, this tweet from Tim here because, uh, and there's a lot of dolphin stuff I got to go through tonight and a lot of hurricane stuff from last night. So I apologize. Um, but, but going through this, I mean, basically Jimmy's numbers have not been good at the end of the game. And what, when I finally get to them, I'll, I'll read them out. But Greg, I mean, are we, oh, here we go. Jimmy Butler was over three in the last two minutes of regulation tonight. Oh, for one on three since joining the heat, including the playoffs, he's 30 for 101 in the last two minutes of regulation from the field, five for 36 in that span on three point tries. That's what bothers me. Not the percentage, the volume of three pointers he's taking at the end of games, 35% of his shots at the end of games are three pointers. That is not the case uh, during the course of the game. He does not t- 35% of his shots do not come from behind the arc. So I'll go to Greg and then to Alex. I mean, is it time for Jimmy at t- to, to pass the baton a little bit there at the end, if he doesn't have it going? This is difficult, and I'm, it's really jarring that those stats you just uh, read off from Reynolds' tweet is uh, including the playoffs because, to me, as, as as someone who's watched Jimmy in Miami from, from the moment he got here to now, there, there's, like, this part of me that thinks, like, in the regular season, to me, game over game, depending on who's hot, depending on what the matchups are, depending on, on how guys look throughout the throughout the game the the ball could go to many different guys at the end to me uh, i know that there's po- there's portions of letting jimmy control maybe some of that in his playmaking and and just that kind of stuff that is important but i'm open to anyone but what we saw in that bubble run in the playoffs where they gave him the ball in the half court when the game slowed down and he was able to kind of just impose his will to me that has bought him some equity with me in terms of them still continuing to think about Jimmy Butler as their closer. So like, this is where I, where it gets difficult for me. Cause like in the second game of the season at Indiana um, in October, maybe let Tyler do his thing. I mean, Tyler was barely hitting the net when the shots were going in. He obviously was inefficient, but when they went in, they were like, it was, he was, he was just more smooth than Jimmy was. But then in the playoffs, I can understand where Jimmy may still need to be that guy that you kind of go go through. So it's kind of I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth, but really that's kind of how it has to be at this point. Where do you want the ball to go? Uh, I mean, and again, Alex, I mean, the ball's going to be in Jimmy's hands to start a lot, although I guess it might be in Kyle's hands to start uh, more often at the end of games. But I mean, should Jimmy be the play finisher, I guess, is my question. I guess it's an interesting discussion. I still like what Leif was talking about there. What he did in the finals still holds just a whole lot of president uh, precedence, a whole lot of equity with me as far as like that was another level. He he was playing on the level of one of the best players in the league. Not that he isn't right. Whatever you want to quibble about top 13, top 10. He was playing going toe to toe LeBron James in the NBA finals, missing his second and third best players. So I just think doing something that insane and, and being, getting to that level there's no way I'm gonna say you know Tyler becomes the guy but my real answer is you know going back to that Spurs comparison I'm I don't think they were worried about who was taking the shot or who to give the ball to and get out the way even though a lot of times it was Manu right Manu would get the ball if he was having it and try to make a play but like Timmy and Tony Parker were all a part of that and I just think again not to just they're not the Spurs 
right? That's that's not what I'm trying to do here. I just think this team is not worried about who is going to take that shot. I still think Jimmy is probably the best option. I think they're going to have a lot more options than they have in the past. That's where I feel. That's why I'm not worried about it is because it's clear Bam and Tyler have taken steps. We can quibble, all, again, to use that word, about the leaps that they've taken or whatever. They're both clearly better than they were before as far as options and scores. They've gotten better. Lowry is a better option because he's just a better shooter than Dragic and can do it on, you know, off the dribble consistently. And the fact that, you know, he actually is a high level defender in the clutch. So I just think they're going to have better clutch lineups when they're healthy as a result of two of their guys getting so much better and having Lowry there. I'm, I think they're in a better position to, to win games in the clutch now than they were before. I don't I, think it has I, to I be think they that. are no question about it. I, I just wonder as the season progresses, um, I don't like just giving it to a guy to get and getting out of the way. I went, I, I, I went into a little bit last night, but like get the ball to Jimmy. And isn't get the ball isn't to Jimmy guys. the guy? I hate to interrupt. Sorry, but isn't of all the stars in the league, if you could think of one that would actually be okay acclimating himself to this type of transition well, see, where he's giving that, it up, isn't it Jimmy? Greg, that's where I was going with it. So that that's the question I have. I just I don't think, think Jim, he's declined yet. That's why I, I'm still like, it's still his game. I think that Jimmy is willing to do it for three quarters. <laughs> like that's the sense I get. Like, just like, I feel like Dwayne was willing to do it for three quarters towards the end of his career. I do think that this has, this team has been handed to Jimmy Butler down the stretch of games. And once that is handed to a player, even if that player is unselfish as Jimmy has proven to be down here, it is hard to kind of untrain those habits. Okay. Like, and that's what was happening with Dwayne for a couple of years there. The ball would go to Dwayne, even though maybe Goran might have been a better option to actually start the play. But Goran would go stand in the corner and wait for Dwayne. So I understand what you're saying, Alex. I think they have a bunch of different options now. I think there are other places they can go. I think Lowry not being available against Indiana certainly hurt them. But I also think that this is something to monitor, I think, as the year goes on. If, if Hero is going to progress like this, and I don't know that it's sustainable every night, okay? But if he's going to progress like this, then there is going to become a question with Heat fans on who should, who should be handling at the end of the game, who should be making the play at the end of the game. And we know that Spolstra, for all of his qualities, and you can say that maybe this is one of his qualities, that he sticks with his guys, okay? Spolstra is a creature of habit at the end of games. He goes to the guy... <laughs> He goes to the guy that he has trusted before. That is typically the way that he plays it. It's not usually clear out for the guy who's hot. Okay. It's you're going back to Dwayne. You're going back to Jimmy. Okay. That's the way that this is going to go. And I'm just, again, I'm curious to see how that plays out. All right. When we come back, there's a lot more we're going to get to on hero in the coming days and weeks. And we want to save a little bit of it before we do though. I would do want to get to a little bit on this uh, Orlando game that's coming up because they, they actually had a win tonight. And so we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, the importance of this game early in the season for the heat. Before we do want to talk about another sponsor of the five reasons sports network, maybe you run a business, maybe you're friends with the boss who runs a business. You're probably going back to trade shows now, right? Cause you got to get your stuff seen. And we know during COVID about a year and a half, you couldn't do that, but your business may not have the staff to be able to put together the booth. That's really going to attract attention, right? So you got to go to everything tradeshows.com. That's everything tradeshows.com. They handle everything, the logistics, the booth, the graphics, the furniture, the flooring, even some tips to get you noticed. They'll teach you the difference between renting and buying based right here in Fort Lauderdale, but they can service all 50 states. They're right here off Las Olas. So schedule the free consultation. If you mention five reasons, you'll get a free booth rendering as well to show exactly how it's going to look. So go to everythingtradeshows.com. That's everythingtradeshows.com. The phone number is 954 791 
8882. Say hello to Chris and everybody there and make sure you mention five reasons. All right, Orlando coming in here, guys. This is the softest game on the schedule for the Heat here in the first dozen. This is the one that, like, you look at, you say you have to get it. I know Heat fans freak out when they see Orlando because of some recent results against bad Orlando teams, but there's no Aaron Gordon anymore. There's no Fournier anymore. There's no Vucevic anymore. There's no excuses anymore. And they're coming in on the second night of a back-to-back after a win in New York. Um, I I mean, I guess, Greg, I mean, we're assuming a win Monday. If they don't get one, there's going to be panic bells here uh, everywhere, panic alarm everywhere. Uh, But what do you want to see specifically? Just each of you, just give me one thing. What do you, uh, I mean, I don't know if Larry plays or doesn't, but would you give me one thing you want to see that's different from the other night? Why does it have to be Orlando? Damn it. <laughs> and Terrence Ross off the bench. They got two guys with the last name. Uh, is it Wagner? Is that how it's pronounced properly? Yep. Um, this is just, it has random scrub heat killer all over it. Cole Anthony in New York had 29, 16 rebounds and eight assists. He's a point guard. Gosh, this is just going to be so much fun. Truthfully, one thing I want to see, I want to see Jimmy get back to to being the Jimmy that we uh, know and love. Kyle, if he plays, that'd be great. But for me, I'm watching Jimmy. I didn't like, Ethan, like you, I, I felt he was particularly off in Indiana. So I'm looking for a bounce back effort there. And, uh, you know, we'd love to see Tyler continue on with this scoring streak. Alex? So since Leif went Jimmy there, my other answer is going to be the ball movement. Whether or not Kyle Lowry plays, the way that they were moving that ball around was was pretty ugly. Like there was stretches where they held it together better, specifically that third quarter. But uh, it was just very, very sloppy. And, you know, the perimeter talent outs when Lowry sits, it's a big downgrade from last season. Again, something I mentioned last show, just not having Goran and Nunn helping there uh, to solve some things on offense. Those guys were reliable shooters, good at different things. I just think they they got a they have a smaller margin for error when Lowry's out because of these things. Not not only because of Lowry, but just the other perimeter talent that they don't have in order to to kind of make up for it, right? So I just think really take care of the ball better. They're going to have to grind out. I mean, not against the Magic, right? But just in general, without Lowry, I think they're going to have to really focus on the grind out type of game because that's what Jimmy Butler does best. And I don't know. I just think really focus on that movement, the screening, and going from defense to offense because it felt like they really weren't go- focusing on that in general against the Pacers. And Jimmy said something like that where he said he, he let the, the offense dictate the defense uh, mm. from his perspective. And I just think that's usually the opposite. Yeah. I, I think it's Jimmy uh, for sure. And, and and here's the reason it's not because I think Jimmy's going to revert to some role player at this point. Okay. I think ultimately he'll be fine, but the reality is we, we didn't really see a lot of Jimmy in the preseason. You know, he, he wasn't in there consistently. We didn't get a chance to see him with Kyle. I know nobody really has concerns about it because of their relationship. Uh, but I, I want to see Jimmy adjust here a little bit. I think that this is, going to be a little bit confusing for Jimmy early in the season because he kind of was handed a role here and he ran with it for the first two years. And he was so critical to everything they did, but especially last year where he really carried them. I, I, you know, it's, it's different now they're, they're, you know, they, they're making a conscious effort to get him off the ball. Kyle's supposed to do that. And I think when Kyle's not in there, it creates a little bit of kind of, I don't know, hesitation now because it's like, do you go back to the role that he was in before? Do you stay in the role you're in now? Um, and I just want to see Jimmy have a bounce back game here. Um, I, I, I think that 
Indiana was, was to me, uh, you know, not, not a precursor for what's going to happen over the course of the season, but I think it gives you an idea that again, if, if, if one of their big three is out, their other two guys got to play well. And, you know, they can't, like you said, they're a little thinner and you've talked about this, Greg, they're a little top, more top heavy than they've been before. And you can't rely on some of these other guys to carry. And so, I want to see a bounce back from Jimmy. I, I'd like to see an aggressive game. I'd like to see him get to the line without kind of looking like he's just trying to get to the line. Uh, that would, I think, make people feel better about this. This should be the kind of game, too, that you can get yourself done by halfway through the fourth quarter, but we'll see. I, I, I'm not, you know. Then you go to Brooklyn though, next. Yeah, Brooklyn next. And look, they're a mess. So, <laughs> you know, but you want to be in, in the right frame of mind before you get there. All right, check out our sponsors, therapistpreferred.com and manscaped.com. Both for those, use the code 5RSN and mention five reasons when you go to everythingtradeshows.com. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com Mike.